Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but I also want to officially announce Retro RGB 2.0. I'd spoken about it on the Retro Roundtable, and anybody that knows me has probably had an earful from me over the past year or so. But basically, what I want to do is redo RetroRGB.com into a community-based Wikipedia-like thing. And the basic premise is that each page will have a a forum um, dedicated to it, so people could discuss these things and then immediately post right in the Wikipedia. There, of course, will be users, moderators, admins, and all that stuff to make sure that there's no spam and all that, you know, happy crap. But uh, basically, it's... It's trying to cure the problem of so much great information being lost on forums and also having a place for people to store their own information because running a website is a total pain in the ass sometimes. So I'm really hoping to launch an Indiegogo campaign you know, as soon as possible. I'm aiming for September 1st, but I need a few more features to be ironed out before so. But the short, well, the, sh- the sh- as short as I could make it is... Um, I would like to donate my site to the community and make it a not-for-profit website, kind of like a Wikipedia, but completely and totally dedicated just to gamers. And not just retro gaming, anything that has to do with video game consoles, um, monitors, CRTs and flat screens, TV calibration, basically anything that has to do with getting the best out of your consoles and how to display them the best. You know, even things like capture cards, of course, upscalers, uh, stuff like that. I really just want a place that everybody could uh, have a place to go, both to contribute and to rely on. And it's going to be a lot of work, and starting a uh, a not-for-profit company is a ridiculous amount of money. Um, And then there's all, you know, hidden fees. So I'm going to try to start an Indiegogo campaign. Uh, And that way, even if I only get pennies, then uh, at least with Indiegogo, I could just take the bare minimum and use it towards what I've already spent on it, I guess. But I guess the the minimum goal is just to be able to get enough money to finish transferring it over. And if all I get is the minimum, then no problem. You know, it's just called, it's still retro RGB and it's still for everybody. Uh, but the main goal is if I get enough funding to make it a not-for-profit, I'd even like to name it something different because it's not about me at all. I want it to be about the community. So, um, if anybody could think of a good name for it. A couple people said, like, Retro Gaming Bible, and I don't want anything, uh, like, anything religious at all in there. I think Retro, or even Gaming Bible's cool, but I just, I I always want to be completely neutral and all that stuff. Um, But also, it's not just for retro consoles. It's going to be for all consoles. So um, anybody that has any good name, if anybody has any good names for the Indiegogo campaign, and here's where like a really cool clickbaity title would be perfect because I want people to know about this. 
And if you know people that, that have any kind of social, uh, social media that it would be a good fit for me to be a guest on. So any podcasts, any YouTube channels, um, if you personally know the people, don't just start like, you know, spamming somebody on Twitter. But if you personally know anybody, maybe you could make an introduction and get me on because I would really love to start promoting this because um, I, I really just want a website that all of us could use forever for free and store anything we want and never have to worry about it going down. So I'll make a more official video. Hopefully I can make it you know, a little fancier than just me talking. But um, anybody's ideas, please let me know. Um, I already put the call out to the people who are my Patreon subscribers to see what they thought. And uh, now I just kind of want to hear everybody's thoughts. And hopefully at the very least, uh, within a few weeks, I'll have an official launch and a video and all that stuff. So um, thanks very much for your time and your input. And uh, now on to the news. First up, some news from Retro USB. The next order of AVSs are en route and should arrive fairly soon, I would assume within a week or so. Uh, and they also have SNES to USB controller adapters back in stock. So if you guys were waiting on any of those, uh, links are in the description and definitely check them out, especially the AVSs. I really like those. I really think for the price, they're just an awesome, awesome way to play NES games in HDMI, you know, 720p. There's a new firmware update for the open source scan converter. It had added support for the new 1.6 version. Uh, it had a number of bug fixes and then added two different sampling options. So if you're an OSSC user, definitely give it an update and see if you could benefit from the added features. There's a new FM sound beta firmware for the EverDrive X7. Necrodom 5 posted it, and while it doesn't have the full features of the EverDrive firmware, it fixes a bug in um, the rhythm note trigger function, which is uh, mostly something you would notice in OutRun, as well as a few other little things. So hopefully Crix will update with an official core soon. And once again, just thanks so much to Necrodom 5 for donating that to the community. Um, I am getting in a few parts, and they should have arrived by now, but uh, I'll be getting an FM power base converter and I want to do a real audio capture with um, some good recording equipment to tell the difference between uh, this firmware on an EverDrive, the FM PowerBase, and maybe even like the analog NT Mini. Uh, Zach still has my actual SG3000 um, Master System, the Japanese Master System that has the official FM chip in it. So I should be able to at least get those three, and we could really put it through its paces and see how well it holds up. I guess probably expect that video next week. Someone has just ported the 240p test suite to PlayStation 1, which is really awesome because that is just an amazing piece of test software that I use on pretty much every console that it has a version for. So the username, username, uh, kind of like people who have the password, password. But uh, he posted this last week, um, and it looks very cool, and there's just a few things missing on it, and I believe he's still going to be working through it. So another great addition to the 240p test suite family, and thanks to username for posting it. It looks like someone has just created a custom input mode for larger 4K monitors. I believe they mostly work with the Seeky monitors, but they could probably work with others as well. And it adds things like 4K 120Hz support. Um, they claim that it actually has or th around 30 microseconds of lag, which I didn't even know that was possible on a flat screen. Um, and it has different modes, so you could actually use it at 1080p, 240, 720, 300, and supposedly it supports different syncs, so you might be 
able to actually get, you know, the OSSC and all SNES modes working on there. And it just seems pretty awesome that, you know, it was pretty much built by one guy. And I'd really love to get one of these for testing and possibly even get him on to talk about his work because this is just incredible stuff. Um, you know, if it, if it works as, uh, as it supposedly does. And, you know, it, it's really good to know that you could, there's the potential to finally get a 40-inch TV with almost no lag in it, or at least comparable to CRT. So uh, exciting stuff. Hopefully I'll be able to demo one sometime. It looks like somebody in Japan has also been working on an FPGA SNES. Now, um, it's not a complete core. I believe they've only uh, released certain parts of it. And you can load it on a specific type of FPGA board and try it out. But I think it's missing stuff like controller support. Um, and I'm not sure if all the video modes even work. So it, it's certainly not a, uh, a fully finished solution like the one that uh, J.W. Donnell on the um, uh, Nest Dev forums has been working on. But at the very least, it's something cool to look at. And if you already happen to have one of these FPGA kits, you might as well try it out. But the link is in the description and the website's in Japanese. And I found that the Google Translate's pretty terrible. So hopefully people could make more sense of it. Someone on the Sega 16 forums has taken the Sonic Mania opening and made it into a full motion video for the Sega CD or Sega Genesis. Um, you could actually run it right off of an EverDrive and Smoke Monster even posted a video of him playing it on his Nomad with the actual Sonic Mania opening playing in the background, which I think is really cool. So I love fun little things like this. So great work and uh, it's pretty neat. Too bad we couldn't reverse engineer and have Sonic Mania on like you know, uh, Genesis or Sega CD or something. The Neo Pocket Flashmaster is now back in stock. So if you were looking for a, a pretty cheap way to play Neo Geo Pocket games on a ROM cart, this one can hold one or two at a time. And uh, it, you know, works great. So uh, if anybody was looking for a less expensive version than the full ROM cart, this is definitely for you. Nostalgia Nerd just posted a video about the Street Fighter game that didn't make it to Genesis. It goes into detail about which ports were making it to which console, and I guess they found an unreleased version of a game that, uh, that they ended up abandoning and going with the Champion Edition that was on Genesis. But kind of a cool video, and I mean, I always love history stuff like this, so I'm always going to enjoy a good unreleased game, especially when it's from such a huge franchise like Street Fighter. Someone just posted a new GameCube connector on Thingverse. So it's basically the connector that goes into the digital plug. And you'll need to individually put the pins in and then solder it down. And it seems to be pretty cool because uh, I think that the big problem that people were, a few people were having with Zelda X Pro's GameCube solution was that the pins didn't have plastic separating them. So if you tweaked it just at the, the right way, um, the pins could touch and short out the GameCube and the HDMI module. There wasn't too many people that happened to. I think it only happened to one or maybe two people. But, you know, having a full 3D print design and the pins physically separated by plastic or, you know, anything non-conductive would definitely be the right way to do it. Um, the consistency and shape of 3D print designs is you know, always a concern. But I just, I love that people are going the extra mile and really just trying to make the best solution for it. You know, a lot of people really love do-it-yourself projects and stuff like this is pretty awesome. So, um, you know, anybody that wants to try making one of these or wants to order it from 
any of the more professional websites. So it's not just like the $800 3D printer. They have one of the ones that's a little more exact. Maybe give it a shot and see if it's a snug fit. But I certainly would like to see stuff like the Zelda X Pro GameCube adapter with something like this and then, you know, more secured inside the case, not just glued and taped in. But, I mean, progress, right? So everybody's making good strides and hopefully we'll be able to see more of those types of projects. This isn't really retro gaming news, but there's going to be a big VR conference at the Javits Center in New York City, October 26th through 28th. And while I genuinely love 2D side-scrollers on any platform, old or new, I was very intrigued by a lot of the VR stuff that I've seen lately. And while a lot of it still has a ways to go, um, especially the pixel density of the screens, you know, when you're when you're a foot or two away from them, you know, the screens look amazing, but when they're an inch from your eye, you could actually very easily see all the individual pixels. So hopefully um, the screen density uh, and some of the new technology would really make it another step further. But I'm pretty excited about VR, and I live right down the street from the Javits Center, so I I kind of have to check it out. There's a new firmware update for the Sophia RGB board. That's the board for the Atari 5200 or Atari 800 computers. Uh, I still haven't installed mine. I really got to get around to doing it. And I think I decided I wanted to do it on an Atari 800 computer because uh, I've never even used one of those before. Uh, but I have used a 5200 and was, you know, less impressed with the, the controllers and everything. So I guess I just got to wait till I stumble across a good Atari 800 PC. If anybody was curious about the differences between the Limited Run Games version and the Play Asia version of Wonder Boy, Raycommend uploaded a video that shows the unboxing side by side. And, you know, for the most part, they're both very similar. It's, you know, good artwork and everything. But the Limited Run Games version did come with an awesome insert. Uh, and you could also flip the cover upside down, and it looks like an SMS game, which I thought was absolutely killer. So I'm more than happy just owning, you know, whatever version I get, just so I could play it. You know, I have a hard copy of the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, love them or hate them, Limited Run Games certainly did an awesome job on that. And I love the reversible cover. Someone just posted a Kickstarter for an FPGA add-on for the Raspberry Pi that supposedly will run SNES and NES. Um, I'm not really sure any more details of the project. Uh, I think it's brand new. I think that just popped up right at the time of uh, recording this. So maybe there'll be more info by the time this airs. And it's going for about, uh, the goal is I think 16,000 US dollars. I believe the number that you see there is in Hong Kong dollars. So uh, I'm really interested to see what it is, and if anybody has any info on it, please let me know. And lastly, I just re-uploaded the Jaguar controller insert video with uh, a comparison between the original. And, you know, I screwed up. I should have had that in in the first place. And the reason I didn't bother was just because there really aren't many originals. And the aftermarket ones take care of pretty much every game. So even if you had all 10 originals, you'd still be interested in these for everything else. Um, but, you know, I forgot and I should have put it in. But I'd like to know what you guys think about that. Because a lot of guys I know that are really into the YouTube stuff say, Oh, you never, you never delete a video. You link to the new one and you, you know, you leave your hits up there. You know, get your views. And I'm not in this for hits and views. I'm in this to try to make helpful videos and enjoy myself. So... Um, if that's really the only downside, then I, I could care less. Fine, I'll just have a video with 10 views on it, whatever. But if there's something actually detrimental that I'm not seeing, 
please let me know and I'll definitely change up, uh, you know, how I do things. But I just feel like, you know, a mistake or omission being a mistake that needs to be corrected, should be corrected, especially for things like when I re-uploaded the component video or the how to test components in your SCART cable video. You know, that was something that it wasn't a make or break, but it was a really important thing that I missed. So I'm trying to get better. I'm, uh, I, I write scripts for some most of the videos now. I try to post them to Patreons and friends first, and I always usually end up missing something. So I promise I'll keep getting better, and let me know what you think about re-uploading. Okay, on to the Q&As. Um, and as you'd imagine, i got to start out addressing the PlayAsia comments last week. Um, first and foremost, if that many people misunderstood what I said, definitely is my fault, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, you know, it was in the middle of an interview, it wasn't a segment on the podcast, and, you know, I was just talking and uh, and moving along to the next thing, so uh, sorry for the uh, the misunderstanding. But what I really meant was that I'm leery of buying things from Asia. Now, maybe because I said that and because the name of the store is Play Asia, maybe that's part of the misconception. We were also talking, you know, in the grounds of the Wonder Boy game that was being sold on Play Asia. So, you know, I don't, um, I'm not really sure where the confusion lied, but uh, I'll tell you exactly what I meant by that. And I've, I lived in Asia on and off for like six years. You know, I spent. While I, I, we almost got an apartment there, I was there so often, and there were many months where I was there more than I was in my own home. So while I, I didn't have a mailing address or anything, I spent a large chunk of my life there, and while I absolutely loved it there, Taipei City really just felt like home to me, uh, I was in and out of Shenzhen, China all the time, and I saw how all the bootlegging works. And, you know, so many people get really offended by that and said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I do. I was there. I would walk into a store that's about the size of this office and then walk into the back room that's about three times the size of the office that had bootleg everything and not bootleg on CDRs. Like, legit, the same Blu-ray that was getting shot down is now, you know, the assembly line is now here in a loose sleeve rather than in a nice case, but they had games, uh, Blu-rays, DVDs, everything. You know, and then I think they were the original... Uh, I think, actually, it wasn't Shenzhen, China. I believe it was in Hong Kong where it was the original people doing the 360 bootlegs. And while you normally would see this stuff in China, you know, I'm not being racist. That's just, I was there. It's, it's part of the culture. And a lot of these manufacturing, not all, but a lot of these manufacturing uh, facilities, you do see it in Hong Kong as well, um, but not nearly as much. I think the biggest one was Leek Sang, which closed years ago. So if I offend some Leek Sang fanboys, whatever, they've long gone. But they were the ones selling all of the mod chips. And then I think towards the end when they realized, uh, you know, they were catching some flack, then they just started selling whatever bootlegs and everything else just just because. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a real thing. And there was a story a couple of years ago, too, of I believe it was NEC, the company, where somebody had stolen, stolen all their design docs and a team of people cloned their manufacturing facility in China to the point where NEC was getting parts back for repair 
And they weren't even realizing that they were clones. And the only reason they even stumbled across it was because they started to get duplicate serial numbers back. One from the real customer and one from the fake customer. And so there was, and, and they got shut down, of course, but there was an entire factory of bootlegs and clones. So this stuff is real. Um, and I just, I, my only point, you know, in an off-the-cuff comment, my only point was I would just take pause in buying stuff uh, especially from the eBay-like sites. So AliExpress, um, I, I, there was a couple others that you can go through. That It's basically anybody could sell on it, just the same way eBay would. I would always take pause in that. And even though 90% are probably fine, you know, I, I, I'm just cautious about it. What I was really baffled at was the uh, the weird fanboy, um, def- you know, defending of PlayAsia. I don't understand that. If I had said GameStop China, would you guys have uh, would you guys have still gotten so upset? I mean, is it brand loyalty? Uh, does PlayAsia do something that I don't know that makes them awesome? I thought they were just another big retailer, exactly like GameStop and the rest of them. Um, I don't really understand why people get so upset. Uh, people said some some really stupid things. I mean, no offense, you know, but like. Uh, oh, that's it. I'm never listening to this interview again. You know, what? Like, I don't understand why people get so pissed off about that. So maybe you guys want to explain that to me. Is there something I missed about PlayAsia? Is it that because you misinterpreted and thought I said PlayAsia sells bootlegs, now are you afraid that what you bought from them is a bootleg? Does somebody work for PlayAsia in the comments? I just, I, I if you said that there were going to be a whole bunch of shitty comments... I would have obviously assumed it would have had to do with the interview itself and not one off-the-cuff comment I made and that obviously came out the wrong way. So uh, while I'm very sorry for for misspeaking and making it seem like I was saying PlayAsia sells bootlegs, I don't know if they do. I don't really care either, to be honest with you. Um, I am not at all sorry for my opinion because I lived there and I know what the culture's like. Hell, I even had one of my designs stolen from me. I legit walked into CES one year, went over to one of the vendors that we use, and saw my design on a booth. Like, look, our new, you know, medical grade fanless design of this thing. So. I mean, I can't, there's no way I'll apologize for it because it's absolutely legit. You do get bootlegs out of China. It's not as bad as it used to be. You know, the world's getting smaller, which is a good thing. But, I mean, yeah, anybody buying something from Asia, not play Asia, but pretty much Shenzhen, China, or or for sure Shanghai, at least just take pause and think, you know, am I sure this isn't a bootleg? Do I care if it is a bootleg? Obviously, if it's, you know, I, I would prefer to always buy real, but, you know. So, yeah, uh, what a weird little controversy in the YouTube comments last week, but I hope the explanation was good enough for you. Um, and if you disagree about the bootlegging in China, then I don't know what the hell to tell you. Get on a plane and go see it for yourself. On a much more positive note, um, the comments about Retro Console Accessories' new store apparently were taken to heart, um, and she updated the new web store with the drop-down menu. So, uh, you know, thank you very much for chiming in and letting everybody know uh, what their preferred method to buy is. You know, obviously it's a mix of what the customers want and what's the, the most efficient way for the seller, but it looks like you select your cable and now you could select from the drop-down whether you want it shielded or not, which I think is great. So thanks to everybody for chiming in on that, and I'll leave the link down below if you want to buy a direct link to those cables. 
Next, last week I talked about people that got shut down for selling bootleg arcade games, and Smoke Monster sent me a link to, I believe it's arcadeprojects.com, where somebody posted the real story, and it involves, it's actually kind of crazy and a really cool story that involves, like, hidden gambling rooms and using the arcade machines as a front. I don't want to spoil the story. It's freaking awesome. So if anybody's uh, interested in that, uh, I don't, I obviously can't vouch for any of the uh, validity because it was just a post on a forum, but hell, even if it's bullshit, it's a great story. So I, I think it's real, but either way, give it a read. Last week, I also talked about that CamLink device, which seemed just to be a mini capture card, and Kotaku actually did a review of it and didn't mention anything about getting low frame rates out of their camcorder or DSLR. So uh, I, I still don't understand why that was happening to me. Um, if anybody has any feedback on that, uh, hopefully soon I'll be able to upgrade uh, and just not ever have to worry about this stuff again. But uh, I'm just really curious how other people deal with that because both the Kotaku article and the device itself makes it seem like what I'm trying to do is easy and should work perfect. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm just doing something wrong. It's totally plausible, but... Uh, yeah, any, anybody else that has feedback about it, thank you for posting, and uh, you know, I'd love to hear what you have to say. And lastly, I got a question for you guys. I got a complete inbox Nintendo um, from the Long Island uh, Expo last week, and it. Um, let's see if you can see it. Um, the box is pretty much mint. You can't quite see it, I guess, but um, well, maybe you can down here. There's like these little spots on them. Does anybody know how to get those off safely? Uh, yeah, now I can see it. At the end of the zapper and underneath the controllers. If anybody can see that, um, you know, everything in this thing is pretty much mint condition. Um, you know, I gotta, I want my OCD to kind of go a little crazy with this because it's one of the few complete in box things I have. So, um, you know, I gotta look and try to wrap the wires all neat just like when they were new and Maybe if I could try to find uh, some more mint. The, the Ness itself was mint, and the box is mint. I think maybe I should just try to uh, look for more mint controllers and or clean these up. I'm really good at making them look shiny. Um, but I just want to get the little spots off the box, which um, they don't rub off like this You know, when I just touch it. Um, and I, but I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to just like put a damp paper towel on it. So if anybody knows how to clean that, that would be awesome. Or if anybody has any uh, suggestions for how to like wrap the controller wires, or or maybe there's an um, unboxing video where somebody unboxes uh, a you know a new old stock nest or something, um, just I know it's very weird and I, it's one of the very few collectory things that I do, but you know a complete in box action set's awesome and I want it to look brand new, especially because the nest itself that's in there looks brand new. So um, anybody that has any uh, suggestions on that, I'm all ears. So thank you. Well, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Wes from Second Opinion Games for getting me that Sonic Mania Collector's Edition box. That's freaking awesome. I haven't even really t uh, torn it apart yet, but um, I, I just, like I said, it, it's very rare that I like to collect things, but when I do, it's just something cool to display. I got my, my NES box. I got that. I got a couple other things here. Um, so thanks to him for, for getting me one of those. Um, also, I really, really want to hear everybody's feedback on Retro RGB 2.0. Um, I'll ha try to have a full video introducing it ready for, you know, 
hopefully by next podcast, but at the very least by the podcast after. And please, definitely, anybody that could think of a really cool Indiegogo name uh, title of the campaign, super clickbaity, something that people might see and just go like, oh, what's this? You know, it sounds awesome. So, you know, but all of your, your help is, is really just appreciated. And anybody that has any opinions, fire away, because I'm all ears. And I so badly want this to work out so that we could just have a website we could all rely on forever and just never have to worry about any of the crap that's involved in some of the other websites that you have to deal with, including mine, by the way. You know, you'd, people can't add anything to mine, so a lot of pages are stagnant because I don't have time to update them. So I'm really trying here, and I just want to make this as best as I can. So I am all ears. Um, as always, thanks to the Patreons for helping out. You know, I couldn't really make these videos without everybody. And... Um, I'll see you guys next week, hopefully with a pretty cool interview.